3: from autosport.com and autosport magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Another round of the World Rally Championship at the weekend, and Home Hero couldn't quite bring it home first, but he wasn't far behind. Hyundai's Oit Tanak, though, held off the World Rally Championship leader Kelly Rovenpera. To claim a stunning victory at Rally Finland. But the Finns weren't absent, like I say, from the top of the timesheets, and there's so much to talk about today, including a thrilling weekend of rally, filling up your leaky car from a lake, and a hot new co driving talent that's the talk of the service park. That's long-term listeners know what I'm referring to, here. but we'll get to you. I think
2: to, you've, <laughs> we'll, I think you've to,
3: made a very, very poor judgment there. Uh, we'll get to Tom's exploits at the end of the podcast, but first of all, I'm joined uh, on Gravel Notes by Tom Howard, fresh back from uh, Finland. Uh, you got in yesterday, but you were there for quite a while because, like I say, this co-dri- co-driving stuff uh, we'll get to. But uh, you're fresh back. Uh, what did you make of that rally, Finland, and
2: the result? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what what a rally! I think we, we've been spoiled uh, this year for rallies in terms of the quality of the competition and just exactly just some of the events that unfold during them. And I think uh, I think yeah, it's it's going to be hard to to top what happened in Rally Finland. I think this year, I think for many people, this will be so far what the standout rally in terms of not only the competition but the support behind it, the amount of people that turned up to watch just the hype surrounding it all um yeah it was unlike any of the other rallies I've I've visited this year so um yeah absolutely extraordinary and I have to say hats off to Oitanic. that that will probably be one of if not the the greatest drive he's had so far in his career it was absolutely astonishing you described it as an against-the-odds performance.
3: And that's because the odds were in the favour of rally favourite, Kali Rovenpera, and the Toyotas, which have been barnstorming, uh, the Japanese manufacturer having a huge winning run at Rally Finland. Um, and also, just the fact that he had to be the Oitanek to win this rally, had to do the equivalent of qualifying laps for the whole weekend. Complete maximum yeah, yeah. attack
2: mode. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to put this into context, um, just two or three weeks ago in Rally Estonia, which is obviously Oit Tanak's backyard, and was expected to to obviously perform. But this, remember, the Hyundai isn't as as good a car as the Toyota, so it was always going to be a bit of a tall order for him. And in Estonia, he was beaten by Kalle Rovanperä by almost two minutes. So. And these, are, these roads are very similar to Finland, not quite as extreme, but it's a similar type of rally. So to come to Finland, to Toyota's backyard, Kali Rovanperä's backyard, and to, with a car that, let's be honest, isn't as good as, as the Toyota, and to, to be able to fend off these Toyotas and win, fend off Kali Rovanperä, and win this rally, uh, yes, yeah, simply astonishing. Nobody saw this coming. Uh, you would have got very long odds on a a result like this happening. I mean, let's be honest, Tanak is good. Very, very, very good driver, a 2019 World Champion and a two-time Rally Finland winner before this weekend. So we know he can go fast here, but what he did, and if you ever get a chance to watch some of the action, he's just on the edge the entire 22 stages, which you just simply, you can't do this in these days in WRC. It's impossible to be... Absolutely on it for the entire rally, trying to haul a machine that isn't quite as fast as a competitor's to victory. It was, it was, yeah, just amazing. I don't know quite how he did it. It was just an inspired performance from Tanak to to, as I said, produce an against the odds victory.
3: Uh, we're going to hear from all top three on the podcast today. So let's hear from Tanak talking to you as he talks about his satisfying
2: win. Your most satisfying victory? Uh, it is that that is true. It, it is very satisfying and and uh, it's, it is very special one. I mean, I guess looking to the future as well. Does this give you hope that the car can progress to be you know a championship challenger again? This you know this this hope has been there. Uh, some long time already uh, but uh, there are still basic
1: things which we need to get sorted out and, and uh, you know with all this uh, little
2: motivation boost we, we try to to get this energy in the team you know that we that we start working on it and uh, get the team back on track and you've obviously you know you said in Estonia that you know you shot down the rumours of put pulling out you're still very committed and you've shown it no, definitely. We, we are working hard and we know very well what we need to do. We
3: just need to do it. Now, he also said he was uh, quite sketchy in places, Tom, and he wasn't even fully under control, but described being in the zone. We've talked about that on the podcast before, where if, if you were driving a rally car where, you know, you are the car and the car is you and it's just, it's just all one, but he had to... Th- often you can uh, as a sports person do that for a period of time whether it's a you know it's a hundred meter race in the you know in the Commonwealth games we've been watching or but to do it you know day after day it is a superhuman effort so uh, uh, it sounds like you're
2: massively impressed by his uh, his weekend yeah absolutely I think we I think everyone was hugely impressed by what what Tanak did and as I said sort of earlier there he was really sort of competing. Uh, with with lesser machinery, and I know there was a there was a bit of mind games from Tanak, which was quite interesting during the weekend. Uh, you know, he was sort of saying, "Oh, Toyota are unbeatable here," and you know, and that's that's fair because Toyota, this is their backyard, this is where the team is based. They are based in the host city of the rally, uh, Uvaskila. They, you know, they've won every rally Finland since they returned to the championship since 2017. So they were fully expected to win this. So to be able to sort of fend them off like he did was just just simply incredible. And and clearly there's something going on behind the scenes. He was an inspired Tanak. He was driving with a purpose that we haven't seen perhaps this year. And let's remember he did win in Sardinia, but this was a different kind of victory. He was quite emotional for Tanak at the end as well. He sort of paid tribute to his wife for, you know, being there for supporting him during some difficult times. He didn't sort of allude to what those difficult times were, but he's he's clearly there was some there was some emotion in, involved in this victory uh which we haven't seen before and as i said sort of the only way i could sort of describe it was he was sort of driving like a classic colin mcrae maximum attack style that we've seen colin mcrae produce over the years where it's just full attack There's you know there's you know sketchy moments the very very many sketchy moments but somehow he manages to drag this through. And I think one of the, the telling points for this was on Friday where he sort of said, you know, the car is uncomfortable, but I have to be uncomfortable to be able to produce these times. And after one stage, he even said that his hands were shaking. that Just so how much effort and, you know, you know, what he was doing to try and haul this car, he was, he was physically shaking afterwards. So it's, uh, it was a Herculean effort and uh, one that will, will go down in history. And a battle of the Finns behind him over Friday and Saturday with Lappy
3: and Robin Pear. A bit of a ding dong between them earlier in the rally before Robin Pear pulled clear. Finishing order uh, Tanak first, Robin Pear second, Lappy third, Elfin Evans. In fourth, Thierry Neuville sixth. If uh, sorry, uh, fi- uh, Newville fifth, fifth uh, yeah. and Katsuta was sixth, wasn't he? And uh, Gus Greensmith uh, in the first, of the fourth, in seventh. If I hadn't run down the order, which I hadn't, so apologies, dear listener. Uh, so, Tom, what do you make of that uh, that battle of the Finns for second and third place?
2: Yeah. So obviously, Kalle Robin massively the favourite going into this this rally. You know, it was his home round. It was his homecoming. I think everyone was to deliver a victory it would always going to be tough starting first on the road because of his championship position but he had a huge amount of support in Finland uh if if there was anyone one what you know worried that Finland not having a world champion for 20 years that the sport was sort of it's, its popularity was dwindling, then Cali Rovenpera has reignited this because the crowds were huge over the weekend. His support was massive. Um, if you wanted to get a glimpse of Cali Rovenpera in the service park, you were sort of six or seven deep in the crowd. It was, um, you know, the, the Finns really do love this rally. Uh, and a, an interesting stat, and I'll get onto the get onto the actual competition in, in a moment, but an interesting stat that appeared yesterday was um, to sort of give you context as to how popular... Rallying is in Finland. Uh, the the entire rally is broadcast on on uh, pay television and free to air television via a uh, online platform. Um, there's a they have their own special TV studio in the service park just for the the Finnish television, uh, sort of a Sky F1 style type of studio. And the the figures that were produced over the over the weekend were 5.5 million hours of WRC Rally Finland were watched through the national television provider. Um, which equates to, if we look at it from a population point of view, every Finn watching at least one hour of WRC over the four days. <laughs> that's so a- it's, <laughs> that's amazing. it's it is, that is that is what rally is in Finland. It is a national obsession. It, it, it blew my mind just how popular it is. It, it is just literally one of their most favourite things to do and watch. Okay, well, let's quickly hear from Robin
3: Rovampera in his own words after you spoke to him right now.
2: You're in obviously a, a great fight with OIT, do you relish those those one-on-one fights with people like OIT, is that fun, do you enjoy it?
1: Yeah, of course, and uh, I think it's quite nice for all the spectators also, um, checking the times, one second, few seconds faster, swapping the the fastest times, um,
2: I think it's quite intense for, for everybody to follow could say from from the outside it, would have, it was a great show is, is that sort of part of your mind as well making sure that you know there is entertainment out there
1: yeah of course like today also i i wanted uh, to give something for the people to cheer on if we would have just uh, completely stepped out on on the morning first stage and just take the second it's not so exciting so of course i always
2: want to to give something back for the fans for cheering us so well there was so many fans the pressure would have been on him a little bit, but he just doesn't seem to feel pressure, which is such a worrying thought for everyone. And he, you know, I don't think he really did feel any pressure at all over the weekend. Um, he just simply, what what cost him a victory is just being, having to open the roads on Friday. He was 21 seconds adrift at the end of Friday, which is just simply too much to catch up, really, when you're going up against someone like Oytanek. Uh, and he did his level best. He ended up 6.8 seconds shy in the end. So it just shows the, how much he really pushed tanak He did push him a lot. Um, what was fascinating was there's such a great duel between them on Saturday and into Sunday. They, they in fact, set identical times on two of the stages. That's how much they were pushing. Um, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary performance. But unfortunately, for Robin Perra, he sort of knew the game was up on Sunday and uh yeah he sort of he sort of engaged his sort of championship uh thinking and thought you know i just need to bring this home in second because i've got a massive championship lead I, you know i desperately want to win this rally but i don't want to throw it off the road either so it was a very smart call for him on sunday he did fit he did finish winning the power stage to give the fans plenty to cheer about so there was uh plenty of excitement amongst the fins but yeah second place he could be proud of that and he said he and he said he was proud of that um I think that's that's what you have to say about Cali, but um we will get on to S Pekalapi, uh which is possibly uh one of the strangest things I've ever seen in my sixteen years of doing motorsport journalism. Um, that's a it, heck just of a, a tease that you've just given there. Yeah. That's, that's what we call
3: a uh, that's a nice little hook to keep yeah, the listeners uh, going.
2: Was, I, I still can't believe he finished third. That and it's Tuesday. Like I I'm still <laughs> trying to fathom how he did this. Uh but yeah, so the Esa Pekalapi story, which could be made into a film, I suppose. Um, it was uh, he was pretty much Tanak's rival on Friday and got to within three point eight seconds of the lead, so he was really pushing, uh, and and the the odds were looking quite favourable for Esapekallapi to 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 actually win this event. You know, he was going very well, but it all started to unravel on Saturday in one of the most bizarre things I think I've seen, um, where he. He flicked up a rock with the front of his Yaris, but the rock went off to the right side of his car, hit a tree and rebounded back into his own windscreen, cracking and smashing the windscreen right in his eyeline. So he couldn't see where he was going really and um, lost a lot of time to that. And, and he himself said he was frightened because he just simply was guessing where to put the car because the crack had sort of created a mirror effect. So he couldn't really see what was going on. Um, so f- that's where his sort of victory bid sort of unraveled. And he was basically fighting for third after that. But, you know, and <laughs> if you thought that was a, that was unlucky, <laughs> the Sunday was uh, was such a, a crazy turn of events where uh, on the penultimate stage, he's, he's come into a left-hand corner, got caught in a rut and rolled the, the G.I. Yarris, Three times, landed on his wheels, but uh, the car had taken quite some uh, some battering, so it lost most of the rear wing, uh, the radiator was punctured, and there was fluid leaking everywhere, and, and again, unfortunately for him, his windscreen was broken again, um, so um, it was just a sort of bizarre moment amazingly he managed to refire the car and, and finish the stage only losing 18 seconds now, 18 seconds a, rolling it three times it. and that's amazing yeah. and
3: if this was yeah. the end of the story it would be amazing
2: yeah. but it's not <laughs> no so he only lost 18 seconds and when they told cali ruffin pera that this there's a absolutely viral clip of Callie's reaction to this on social media which you need to go and look at and uh, Callie is probably the most expressive of expressive I've seen him He's, his eyes wide open couldn't believe that Lappy had only lost 18 seconds after rolling three times but anyway back to the story um so Lappy being the quick thinking uh, Finn that he is could see there was liquid coming out of the front of the car and decided to ask the marshals at the stage in for as many bottles of water that they had so he could sort of take them to try and refill the radiator and and get it fixed um, unfortunately not enough water so Again, the, the ingenuity of the of, of Pekalapi and the rally driver came to the fore and being in Finland, which uh, the, the country of a thousand lakes and the rally used to be called the Thousand Lakes Rally, he drove to a nearby lake, stopped uh, him and his co-driver Yanni Firm, got out, rushed down to the lake edge with as many bottles of empty bottles as they could to fill up as much water as possible, ran back to the car, then they decided to try and fix the leaks in the radiator and use the lake water to fill up the, the radiator as well. Successfully managed to do that, kicked out the windscreen because they couldn't see where they were going. So that meant they had to both fit goggles so they could uh, <laughs> didn't have anything coming into their eyes. So you've Which, got this but, bizarre scene of them driving without a windscreen with goggles. They reached a stage. But even um, on the goggles stage. thing, quickly, That's even then, that's crazy because as we've seen, rocks hit windscreens
3: and so th- the two guys are like, yes, they're wearing goggles that don't get flies in their eyes. But you know, never mind flies, rocks. So you have to drive differently, pull back a little bit, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But he didn't really pull back. Uh, They've got balls of steel, haven't they? Anyway, sorry, carry on.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, they get to the they get to the start of the final stage, and then on the first acceleration, part of the roof of the car comes off. So there's there's uh, there's a, a it's just it looks like a car that's been in a demolition derby and. Uh, so they've got, they've, they've got no roof. They've got no windscreen. They've got the goggles on. The wind is coming through the car like, like you wouldn't believe. So the pace notes book is flying everywhere. So Yanni Firm's trying to read the pace notes, but he's obviously got to shout them now because the, the air coming in the car is so noisy. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you could, it, it was absolutely astonishing. But they managed to get through the stage and they were only 10 seconds slower than Robin Perry who won the stage. And it's just, you're sitting there and you're like, How are these guys doing this? But anyway, they got through to the end and picked up a podium, which, as as Pekka rightly said, probably the strangest podium of his career. And to top it off, when they, uh, you know, to to keep the joke, I suppose, or the humour rolling, when they got to the podium, both Esapekka and Yanni uh, climbed onto the podium, still wearing their goggles to collect their trophy. So um, it was just one of those moments where you just chalk it up as that's just rally that's just how it is you know it's just one of those bizarre moments that you just uh, simply can't believe you're witnessing it's like
3: you know i'm kind of thinking wacky races where you know it's a cartoon (laughs) where you see the car go under you know uh, a low bridge or something and it takes the roof off and then the wheels fall off and then you know (laughs) and then the bonnet fly if you look at the car it's literally like that. There's nothing left of it apart from, there's you know, the <laughs> steering wheel. And I mean, it gives you a great insight into what the inside of a rally car looks like. Because you can see all the way... All the way through, it. it's basically a convertible by the end. Apart from the roll cage, which is just—I mean, it's just something else. Go and have a look. It's—you uh, know—the—the um, uh, the, the talking point, of course, is that you know, Robin Pereira, uh, you know, was beaten by an immense drive. That Hyundai broke the Toyota, uh, clean sweep. But but actually, the story is—it's just—it's just something else. So there's going to be highlights packages of this, like you say, it should be almost a movie or something. Justin but that's like. And and that's kind of rallying. And they you know for them there was no thought of well we you know our windscreen's broken so we got we've got to stop and pull over. Well, let's let's just cruise to the end of the stage and oh you know what a shame you know we're out. It was that wasn't even in question.
2: It's amazing. No, absolutely not. And they still netted third place, which is it also goes to show how quick they had been throughout the rally to build up enough gap to have all that happen and still uh, bring it home. But yeah, it's just. I mean, as you, as we've got the audio of, with Lappy coming up, just even listening to him explain how his day unfolded, it, it, it's just one of those things where you just sit there and you can't help but just want to li- carry on listening to him tell that story. It's just... Uh... Yeah, as I said, for, from a journalist's point of view, like when I after I'd listened to, to Essa Becker after that, it was genuinely one of the, the most enjoyable things I think I've ever written. It's just so exciting to write something where you, you have a story that's just so bizarre.
3: Let's have a listen to him now. It's a long clip, so enjoy this one. And uh, uh, he talks uh, a lot about you know, the various things, insight into what we, we've talked about. Uh, he gets a bit sweary, so we'll beep that. Uh, But have a listen uh, to uh, to that in his own words.
1: Yeah, maybe it rolled a bit easy today, but now I was lucky that we managed to survive, continue and fix
2: everything. So finally, some luck after bad luck. Let's say like this can you just explain what happened there obviously you, you rolled and then you've gone to the lake to get water like it's it was a crazy story from the outside for us looking at it you
1: know. yeah yeah it's uh well first of all the roll is a bit uh, was a big surprise for me as um this corner uh, well i know it very well and i i checked on the first pass that yeah there is space on the outside you know to go uh, a bit wide and now there was a uh, huge rut which completely well, well the car stopped basically over there and start rolling immediately um, three four three times three, three, yeah. and then uh, yeah, i was actually ready to stop but then he said uh, to start the engine and i was like yeah yeah maybe i should try because the, the windscreen was fully <laughs> so i thought i had no chance but you know how it's worked. yesterday was already so yeah yeah but now it was 10 times more um so yeah, then we then we <laughs> went to the finish and uh, yeah, there was um, power steering oil on the windscreen and it was a lot of smoke so for sure I knew that something is wrong. But yeah, we managed to fix every every problem actually of the car after the stage and then come to the start of the, the Ruhimaki stage and then we lost the roof completely on the first acceleration. <laughs> and and then, then there was some air inside of the car, I must tell you. Yeah, they needed to shout the, the pace notes because there was so much, you know, uh,
2: sound from the airflow. Yeah, quite of a story, yeah. The, the bit with the lake, did, where, how do you think about that? Like, oh, I need, oh, there's a lake there, that'll help me with the water. I mean, I would never have thought of that. You mean the lake? Yeah, where you
1: go? yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we got some bottles from the station to drink, but for sure we didn't drink them. Um, but yeah... That's the benefit of this rally, Thousand Lakes, you know. Try in France. You can, no water you can in rivers the, finish. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so for sure. I filled all the bottles and my camel bag as well, <laughs> just to be sure we have enough water.
2: What was it like with the goggles yeah. on?
1: Uh, pretty okay. There was, wasn't was any, any flies too much. Just not warm enough for them, so luckily. Um, and yeah, some bad... where I saw that there were various ruts, then I... I backed off just not to to bounce any rocks.
3: Okay, well let's move on and uh, and work our way down a little bit in terms of the finishing order. Who do you want to talk about? Uh well, Evans was was fourth in the, in the Toyota, uh but they just didn't really have the, uh, the the pace to compete this weekend, do you think?
2: Yeah, it's a it's a shame for Elfin because obviously he won this event last year and and that was the best drive of his career, but he just wasn't there wasn't. He just wasn't happy with that car to be able to push with the confidence that you need to be able to tackle these stages and and do the times that the likes of Tanak, Lappi, and uh, and Roth and are able to do. So um, yeah, it was a, it was a tall order for, for Elfin and he, again his rally kind of un, unraveled on Saturday night when he had a left rear suspension failure, which required him and coach uh, was Scott Martin on the road section to to get some cable tyres and jubilee clips to sort of bandage this back together um and then reach the finish so um yeah it was it was a tough rally for elfin even at the, I was actually at his test before the event because I was in the in the country a bit earlier and um he even at the test he wasn't quite happy with with how the car was feeling so it was sort of a sort of continuation of that it did get better as the was the weekend sort of got on and progressed but yeah he just wasn't just wasn't happy Um, yeah a shame for Elfin obviously we know what he can do on those roads if the car is in a position where he can throw it around so um yeah a difficult one for him I guess we'll move on to, to Thierry as well yeah third, a very similar... um,
3: a third fifth place finish wasn't it this year and it's just uh, and he's not he's dropped down to third in the championship as well so and he was a long way back in
2: in the second Hyundai so yes which, again just which, difficult which just goes to show how good Tanak's drive was so obviously in the same car Thierry's more than two minutes back um, now Thierry has openly admitted that these aren't the roads that he that suit him. He doesn't feel massively confident here, uh, but even still, to be two minutes behind your teammate just goes to show how good Tanak was. Um, but yeah, Thierry again, like Elfin, he's sensible in the fact that when he knows he can't push, he's very good at just bringing the car home. Uh, and this is a sort, you know, a solid result. And going into Belgium, which is where he will. Expect to win and and has has proven so in the past. So um, it, it was a difficult difficult uh, event for for Thierry, but again a solid finish for him. Um, as I said, we saw how difficult this draw this car is to drive with his teammate Oliver Solberg crashing out on the first corner of stage two on Friday, just simply because he got caught out by the un- unpredictable nature of this I twenty N, where the rear can just sort of snap. Out when you're in mid corner and you've got to be ready to catch it. And unfortunately for Oliver, it, it, he he just couldn't re, couldn't re, you know recover and mm. ended up in a ditch and rolled his car and was extremely emotional afterwards. Uh, and you had to feel sorry for him because you know clearly you know he's he's trying so hard, but it's a difficult car to tame. And and when you're young and coming into the championship, it's it is hard to to know when to put sort of push and when to back off. So. It would be a lesson for him, but uh, a difficult one nonetheless. But yeah, it just, just goes to show just how, uh, how good Tanax Drive was.
3: Uh, a final word on Robin Perra. You've said on a previous podcast that um, world champions, when they know that they're not going to win, or even if they're in the fight for a win, you know, they drive like a champion and he can come home for the next five events second and be and you know and be the champion you you talked about that that sh- that strategy that that tactical nature of his driving which again for someone early in his career is is really superhuman um and he, and he did that and and he could not that he will back off but he could spend the next five events thinking okay i got a really decent championship lead here over is tanak now in second place actually mm. um but still a bigger what is it 90 something 90 94 odd? points that's now, four yeah. points yeah. okay so, yeah, like he he doesn't need to win the rest
2: of the you know, the events this year to still be the champion. Absolutely. He didn't need to win Rally Finland. Um but of course that home rally, you know, he wanted to deliver for his supporters cuz you know, they came out in droves for him. Um so you can understand that. But even even though he didn't need to win this rally, he took several risks in Rally Finland and had two quite Uh, worrying moments but again he just seems to have this knack to escape these moments without massive crashes which is it's it's really odd I mean there was one moment which if you get the chance to have a look it's well worth looking at and he's run wide into a ditch so much so that his co-driver Yanni Halton was let out a yelp because he was worried that it was going to end in a massive crash, but they, he managed to pull it back. And and Callie, being Callie, sort of just laughed off the yelp that that Johnny made in the in the car. And it was quite it. a funny, <laughs> funny little moment there, where the driver, like his driver, scared his co-driver. Callie, like <laughs> he just thought it was funny. <laughs> so um, uh, yeah, it's uh, he's just got this knack of being able to do that sort of thing. And in Belgium, he will he won't be favourite. He's not a, a massive tarmac rally specialist although we say that he won in Croatia but you know you just can't rule you can't rule him out there's a very good chance he could he could completely go to Belgium and upset the order and win that event in Cali but uh, (laughs) um, yeah yeah, it's again he just needs to he's very sensible very mature for someone at 21 He's got a massive lead. I think realistically, Greece is probably where he's going to, you know, win this championship, get it sewn up. Do you think um, so? Yeah, so I think good, so. A good result in Belgium and then Acropolis, he can. Yeah, I think he'll do it. Yeah. In, I think he'll do it in Greece, and then it, and he's got three events after that where he doesn't need to really worry. He doesn't need to turn up. So, well, um, and that's yeah. what he,
3: he can afford. You know, two DNFs. He can afford three. Really, not that he'd, yeah, he know, he'd, he'd yeah, want them. He but.
2: If he if he wanted to, but that's wow. that's not Cali. It's um, aston. Yeah, again, I have to I have to take my hat off to him again because if I was in Cali's shoes uh in Finland, the amount of, I can't stress enough the amount of support he had. Like it was, it was astonishing. I've never seen a busier service park all year. It was just mad. Like the amount of time that he gave to his fans as well, and that pressure of trying to deliver for them. I, uh, I don't know. Like he just seemed to cope with that so well, and I'd, it's so admirable. And even sort of Yari Matti Latvala, the title boss, sort of said in a funny way actually after he was kind of glad that Cali didn't win Rally Finland because. If he'd have won this event, he would, it would be hard to find the motivation for him to come back next year. If you know what I mean, like at least he'll have next year. Be like, well, he'll be motivated for Rally Finland next year because he didn't win it last year. So, um, unfinished it's, business. It's, yeah, 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 it's it's an interesting approach. Um, yeah, I've got to say, like being able to cope with all that expectation, um, I've got to take my hat off to him. It was it was marvellous.
3: Should we? We're going to make a special podcast about your your story. Uh, yes. The reason why you were in Finland a week early. But let's talk about scared co-drivers, <laughs> should we? Did you let out yep, any yep. yelps <laughs> when you? Let's tell. Let briefly tell the
2: listener uh, what you've been what you've been up to. So it's been a project, and uh, first we have to say a huge thanks to to Toyota and their PR team led by Hans de Bao for uh, making this happen. Uh, we put a pitch to them to sort of say that we wanted to do a special on on co-driving and how it works and and what it and what it all entails and we've we've been given the best opportunity uh, to give the readers an insight into co-driving by actually co-driving ourselves in a wrc toyota gr yaris so there's not much you can do more than that other than driving these cars that that's as good as it gets in terms of an experience so like it's i have to say a huge thanks for them to, to allowing us to do this uh, it was a huge honor and a privilege to be able to to go in one of these cars and experience it for myself. Um, so, yeah, to give you a sort of an idea, we, this project has been going on for a few months now. We started uh, with the crash course in how pace notes are made in Kenya, uh, and then in Finland, we did some virtual training on the the brand new WRC Generations computer game, which doesn't come out until October. So we were very lucky to get an advanced copy of this game from the from the game producers NACON. So I sat next to Takamoto Katsuta, Toyota's uh, one of Toyota's WRC drivers, and uh, tried to deliver him some notes on the computer game uh, for him to drive to, and then we did it for the real thing in the actual car on a test road in fin in a Finnish forest uh, in the middle of nowhere, uh, which is probably the craziest thing I've ever done. Um, to be honest with you, um, yeah, when when the when. Takamoto's actual co-driver, Aaron Johnston, sort of tried to explain to me what we were doing. He said that this was probably one of the craziest things you'll ever do and a really, really big task to try and even call at least eight corners correct. Uh, he said if you could do eight corners, you'd be impressed, and I think I managed to do six. So that's how hard it is. <laughs> wow. Uh, six, but six corners with the world coming
3: at you very yes. quickly. And it's, to just to thinking, give you sort of like, a
2: little... <laughs> Wow! To give you a little brief insight, it's like the world has been put on fast forward. Um, you, it, the forces that you that go through your body and what they can do with this car, and it's simply astonishing. Like I ended up at the end of the stage, just I just said to Takamoto, I, "I don't know how you do that. I have absolutely no idea how you you are able to do that, and how the co-drivers are able to to do this stage in stage out, week in week out. It is simply." astonishing what they are able to achieve um it's it's one of the i got to be one of the hardest jobs in motorsport it really has and in terms of so you got you got through
3: six corners which is great and then, and then yeah after, yeah after that because it's a test road
2: did like did he know the road or yeah like, so how did it work the, the, so he knows like for the purposes of this obviously he knows the road so they're not going to put me out in a car <laughs> with takamoto <laughs> with him not knowing the road but we wanted to at least still simulate what a co-driver goes through and try at least to do it and yeah uh, as i said it it, it's really it's probably the hardest thing i've ever tried to do it is it's really difficult because you're trying to read these notes while bouncing up and down and sort of look ahead to make sure you're delivering them at the right time for the driver it's it's really really difficult uh, so just to go back to the SF Labby situation where the co-driver has got goggles on, he's got no windscreen, no roof, and the paper's flapping everywhere. I don't know how he did that. I have absolutely no idea. Like, I was struggling to do it with like a roof on the car and a windscreen. <laughs> and like, I couldn't turn the page of notes in time to be able to deliver the next one. And that's where I got lost. So... I don't know how Yanni firm did that. I have absolutely no idea how that's even possible. So the the thing is about um, unless,
3: like, if I suppose your day job, like, if your day job is, you know, a plasterer, whatever. I'm trying to think of an example. Like, you know, the way that you hold a trowel or mix up the plaster, like, it's like that's normal because that's the. That's what you do, and then you, you approach a situation that might be challenging. Whereas in motorsport, in the, you know, in the very, very limited things that I've done, first of all, you're getting used to the, all the stuff that comes with it. So the helmet, the race suit, probably your five-point harness, all these things are like putting pressures on your body. Even just that is enough for your brain to go a little bit into overdrive. Then you apply the insane speed and g-force on your body and then you were then you were trying to read off a page and turn the page and work out and obviously, co-driving is is such a, an acquired skill that you learn over the years. I mean, I'm just in awe of, of you doing it. I know you're in awe of the driver, but I'm in awe of you doing it. It's amazing.
2: I, I was absolutely useless. Let's just let's just just get that out there now. I mean, I, I, I did very well in the virtual training to the point where Takamoto was like, "Yeah, that's that's pretty good." He did say. I, I think he was just being polite. He did say I did a he did a very good job on the on the return leg of our journey because we we're basically to sort of go into it. We we go down the road one way and then we come back the road the other way. So the the notes are sort of reversed and on the reverse leg, I, I was much better. Uh, but again, I only managed probably about two kilometers before I was in trouble. Um, <laughs> shall we say, um, but yeah. Uh, it's So yeah, as you said there, you've got all the G force and that, but what, what you don't, what you're not expecting and what your body just can't simply be prepared for is when you're going over like the jumps and crests and, and the the twists and turns and the trees being so close to the car and that sort of that that is quite frankly one of the scariest things I've ever I've ever done ever like it's <laughs> I love you it. you're just but I think I wasn't scared to the point where I was like, I, was, I just sort of kept telling myself like well, this driver knows the road you know he's a professional driver yeah. he knows what he's doing and also like you're so it's coming at you so fast and you've got the the focusing on doing the 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 reading of the notes that some of the fear goes away because you've got a distraction. Um, so it's it's one of those ones. But to give you, and I won't spoil too much for the next podcast, but to give you an idea of what it's like once you get out of the car after that, my, my right leg didn't stop shaking for three hours afterwards. So that was the sort of level of shock that was going through my system. Uh, I genuinely, yeah, it took me a while to fully recover just from doing a, a, a six-kilometre, Stage, wow! Oh, I can't wait to hear uh, the full the
3: full show. Of course, uh, you were all strapped in with GoPro, etc. So we're looking yeah. forward to like reading the features and watching uh, more of the video. Um, and 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 when we can do that, I don't know because the season is coming thick and fast. It's you know take a pause, take a breath off to Belgium and Greece. A couple of weeks after that, three weeks I think it's three weeks after that. So um, yeah, it's going to be uh, a busy summertime. Um, but uh, we're looking forward to. We're looking forward to when you get a chance to yes, tell us. Yes, let's tell just us more say
2: I don't think I'll be taking up co-driving. Uh, <laughs> like, like, oh come uh, on, a
3: bit of practice.
2: Like, well, I have to say, uh, it did give me there was a there was some points there where it did give me hope I thought. Oh, maybe I could do this uh and then I uh, then it was immediately no no you cannot <laughs> you cannot do this this is just way too difficult um, well i don't know i think uh, if, but- if there ever there's a reason
3: uh to uh to invest in uh you know a little a little rally car with autosport logos on the side and uh, we'll we'll uh, we can all go blatting around the forest in wales
2: and be terrible at it i think there's there's uh, we'll pitch it to the boss so we can we can certainly say I can't do mechanicing and I can't do co-driving. <laughs> uh, so what else can't I do? That's uh that's wow. the next question I suppose. But but no, in all seriousness, uh I I we we'll, we'll do this in the next pod, but a, a huge got to say a huge thanks to to the team for sort of uh believing in the in the concept that we wanted to sort of showcase. So yeah, I can't I can't thank them enough. And Takamoto and Aaron Johnston for their time in taking out of their test day to, to try and at least teach uh, an idiot to try and call some notes so uh, yeah no a hugely appreciative to them and and uh, i think they enjoyed scaring me as well so uh yeah it was it was a fun experience amazing well i can't wait to hear all about it thank you very much for joining us once again on the podcast
3: and make sure you're following all of tom's writing uh at autosport.com and motorsport.com as well make sure you're following on social at Tommy Howard if you're on twitter and of course at autosport and at motorsport on our socials and like i say yeah barely uh, a few days to take a breath and then off we go again thank you very much for listening to gravel notes and we'll catch you on the next one
0: I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part, it's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, you can get boosted deposits by 57% up to $1,000 on the Gambit DC app and up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost at Gambit DC retail locations. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer. Terms and conditions apply. Please bite responsibly.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.